Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is season 16, episode 11, one on one, part one. Too many ones, episode one one, episode 11. But I don't think you can call this episode 11. It's not really an episode. This is barely a tell-all, if we're being honest. We're going to try to polish this turd the best we can, but man, right out the gate, a disappointment. So the TLC description for this one is, The Browns sit down individually to talk about their most contentious season yet. Cody, Christine, and Mary answer burning questions about the current state of their relationships, and the rest of the family discusses the challenges brought on by COVID. I was really lost during that. It's, <laughs> I copy and pasted. Oh, what did you copy and paste? <laughs> the default description for the show. With four wives and 18 children, the Brown household has more than their fair share of family drama. <laughs> I guess that's how bored I was. I didn't even realize that I copy and pasted the wrong description. I guess, yeah. I did do a rewrite. Yeah, that's not the real description. So we'll need to hear the Carly rewrite. TLC accidentally airs a season 15 tell-all. Cody gets tranquilized by a blow dart. Mary takes a vow of celibacy. Robin cries to avoid the hard questions. Right, because they didn't even mention Robin in the actual TLC description because she didn't answer anything. She just cried. So far, it seems like a strategy that's working. She's turtling again. (laughs) She's on her shell. She's in the shell. Before we get into it, just a quick reminder that it is the beginning of a new month, which means it is an excellent time to join Patreon. If you're wanting access to all of our recaps, our older rewatch episodes, seasons one through four, 
and soon to be seasons five and six as well. We're going to be moving those over to the archives on Patreon here soon. Check it out over at patreon.com slash surviving pod. Check out the tears. Check out the perks. Check out the photoshopped images. We got a nice banner on top of that page. There you go. Put a lot of really hard work into that. And remember, every dollar you pledge makes us just that much more successful than my sister wife's closet. Let's get this pony in the water. Yeah. Can we start off with a quick summary, though? This this kind of... I didn't like this experience. Can what we just mean? start off there? I did not enjoy this format. Have you ever enjoyed a Sister Wives tell-all to date? No, I haven't. <laughs> Except for season six when they had the clown makeup on. <laughs> that was not their intention, but that is what we received. When Cody looked like the Geico caveman. Yeah, and Mary like smudged all that off and did her own makeup and was like, ah... <laughs> That made it more obvious because everyone else looked like a very strange version of themselves. Like they were wearing a mask and then Mary looked the same as she always does. Yeah, I don't I just I don't know if I'm going to make it through three of these, (laughs) I think is my main concern. So somebody please send help. (laughs) Maybe the next one has to be a Marguerite episode. Did they? Yeah, because it's like I know I understand why they went with this format because it was individual they weren't all together. I feel like they got better confessional footage over the past few seasons by having people separated for COVID, not having everybody on the couch. But man. I agree. But then part of me thought, man, would this have been like a Jerry Springer level tell all if we had had them all out there together and Christine and Cody were contentious with each other and Mary was just trying not to get fined and Robin's over there trying to defend and cry. Maybe it could have been good. Well, I feel like Mary wouldn't have said anything. We wouldn't have gotten anything out of Mary. It would have just devolved into Robin explaining what Cody actually meant <laughs> for everything else. That's true. Janelle glaring every time Robin took the mic. Can we talk about another thing, too? I think Mary really kind of lurched in <laughs> to the, uh, the set here. Oh, my God. She looked like... She had just been released from the bell tower. We love her. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> it's a real, a real hunchback going on. Love me some, well, careful. <laughs> I don't think that's the correct nomenclature, Carly. We need to get some posture adjusted here. Maybe we need to take some Pilates classes. Did you not learn anything from the scoliosis episodes? <laughs> I don't know. From all of the self-confidence posts that Mary shares on Instagram, you would think that she would know to... Pull her shoulders back, stand straight up, walk in there like you own the room. Well, I think she, a producer must have done her dirty because I don't think she got the memo of what type of meeting this was. No, it looked like it was laundry day. It was, (laughs) she was rocking the moving denims. (laughs) Well, you know, she was wearing a LuLaRoe top. Of course. That's a gimme. That's a given. But everybody else being kind of business cash a little step up, and she came swinging in with the denims. Robin, again, looked like she had a swing by the office after this. I don't know why she insists on dressing like she's the secretary. She is great at business. (laughs) She is great at business casual. (laughs) Did you see her shoes? I couldn't stop staring at them. I did not see her shoes. I saw Christine's shoes. You're going to have to pay attention to Robin's patent leather orthopedic shoes oh wow (laughs) they were a sight to behold well if you missed them this week you got two more of these to catch up on (laughs) 
<laughs> you could really see them too because the light from the set was reflecting off of them. They were there loud and proud. And yes, I did notice Christine had her boots on. She had her boots, those boots that were made for walking. <laughs> and that's just what they'll do. She had a little blazer on. That's usually Robin's look for serious conversations. She's given that up since, what was that, season 15, 14? Since we were making fun of her back in season five <laughs> with the purity talk. I think she had one on last season during COVID. And then that was the last we've seen of them. She's been listening to the pod. She got self-conscious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Robin doesn't listen to the pod or she, she would never stop crying. And she ditched the uh, white headband long ago. That was before us, though. I was upset that we saw her before the tell-all talking about going to it. And she was doing the, I don't want to say it's a natural curl look because it looks more like she has learned She's adapted Cody's hair routine, and she's now doing that herself. And it does make her look much younger. And then she showed up to the tell-all, and she had the Shirley Temple curls again. I I just couldn't get over Janelle's curl approach. The the first shot that we had of her with the roller in the car. (laughs) Janelle! That was uh, some 2020 vibes, was it not? (laughs) She had no shame. That's fine. You don't need it. All right. Now that we've uh, assessed everybody's wardrobe for the tell-all. And physical demeanor for the most part. <laughs> so everybody's getting ready to head there. They kind of attempt to do like a 90-day tell-all thing where everybody is breaking the fourth wall, right? Talking about the fact that they're going to this tell-all. I wish they had put them all in the same room, like when they arrive at 90-day. The awkward backstage moment stuff. Yeah. I wanted more details on that, too. So did they go individually on different days or different times so that nobody else in the family was present? I guess we'll have to see what the combined ones look like over the next two. Because if everybody's wearing the same stuff, it was probably the same day, just different times. Well, they'll make them wear the same outfits anyway. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Great British Bake Off rules. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know if they'd be that strict. I really hope that we get one where we see them all together, but who knows? Our wildest dreams have not been fulfilled so far. And a three-part tell-all is not the culmination for season 16 that I was expecting and that I would have chosen for myself. But needless to say, we're going to kick things off. Well, Well, we'll actually kick things off with some COVID small talk. And then we'll shift gears into the most important conversation we've had in the past two seasons. The Olive Garden family confrontation. Because when you're here, you're family. I did like the approach of rolling the tape because there are so many times when they're being interviewed where I want them to just show the footage and I needed more of the picture in picture where we're getting reactions to the footage, but I wanted it more to things that were being said in the confessional versus shit that we already saw air two years ago on TV. Right. Cause that's what got me. Why are we watching stuff from season 15? This is the season 16 Tell all, why aren't we talking about season 16? I don't know. I guess they figured because they haven't had one in so long that they need to catch us up. Whose fault is that? (laughs) We didn't cancel the season 15 tell all. You didn't air one. (laughs) Yet we have to suffer watching through it again. I will not pay for your sins, TLC. (laughs) Do not put me through this. So we're chatting about the Olive Garden intervention. Yada, yada, yada. Flagstaff changed the way they interacted. They saw each other less than when they lived in the cul-de-sac. What a revelation. Yeah. 
And it meant that they didn't have to deal with their issues because they could just go home, close the door, and forget that woman named Mary was ever part of the family. This one, Cody admittedly took a step back after moving to Flagstaff. Ladies, you do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That was his attitude in the past couple of seasons. And then he flipped it the other way around. So I don't understand why he's upset with the way that things are going because that was the established behaviors. Right. He is the one who requested things be done that way. Don't come to me with your problems. If you have a problem, go to each other or go to Robin and she'll funnel the information to me. Or just do your own thing. I don't care. We don't need to be doing stuff. You're on your own. Good luck. He thought they would crash and burn. That's what he thought. They would come back. Cody, we need you. They'd be talking like Robin too. So they're all trying to piece together where this all went wrong. And it seems like the Flagstaff move was the start of it. So that's why we're digging all the way back to season 15. As part of this luncheon, we all recall Christine coming out of nowhere, telling us that she thinks the whole family hates her. She's uncomfortable going to family gatherings. And Robin is super confused. I'll be honest, it does make a lot more sense now that we've seen season 16. The conversation in context makes more sense because she wasn't talking about her sister wives. She was talking about Cody. Right. I did like connecting the pieces back to that, right? Because, of course, watching everything in hindsight now, you're seeing all of the little indications that something was really going on bubbling under the surface that we didn't really know about. And one of the things that we know is a telltale sign in this family is that when Cody has an issue with a wife, they feel uncomfortable around the whole family because either Cody makes them uncomfortable at family gatherings or because he tells everyone their business and then they don't want to be around other people. Or you can go with the Robin diagnosis. Christine just had monsters in her head. (laughs) That was the official diagnosis. Thank you, Dr. Robin Brown. PhD. (laughs) I'm really good at diagnoses. I'm good at doctoring. Mary got that feeling. Yeah, this is something that Mary can relate to. (laughs) How shitty must Mary be that now other people in the family are experiencing the type of alienation that she's felt for years and they don't like it. And then they come complaining to her and expressing these feelings. And she's like, yeah, I know. Been there, done that. And you didn't really seem to care. So Mary's tried to be Christine's lifeline through all of this while Christine was struggling, but that wasn't reciprocated to Mary. So she kind of took a step back. Didn't really run with it as much as she probably could have, but she doesn't feel bad about it. Mary and Christine have really never had much of a relationship. Not a bond. And we learned in this tell-all episode, too, that Mary had a really hard time when Christine joined the family. I don't think that was overly apparent. Isn't that odd, too? You're jealous of the third wife, who Cody wasn't even attracted to? I think at that point she was just intimidated by other women who were having kids. I was just about to say, I think Christine, if I remember correctly, got pregnant very quickly after they got married. And it was still before Mary was pregnant, I think, too. Or like right in there. Right, because it would have been Aspen. Aspen. Right, because Aspen and Mariah are the same age. So that could be a piece of it. Just some of that that we need to unpack still. But it doesn't seem like she ever took the time to address it. She's been making efforts to talk with Janelle especially this season too, and address some of their issues, their longer standing issues. 
I guess it's because she knew that Janelle was still going to be part of the family and Christine was on the way out. So why patch things up? Why go through all that? <laughs> That's just a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> she did mention that she really didn't catch on to the fact that Christine was having serious issues with Cody during that conversation. I, yeah, I never would have put that together. Two and two? Nope. I thought she was just talking about the entire family because that's how I felt it. We learned the intervention worked because Christine saw it as a wake-up call and she was actually ready to work on things. And then COVID happened. At that time. Right. Yeah, it was good. So then we get Cody's take on COVID. Yes, he has to explain March of 2020 to us all again as if we didn't experience it firsthand. Because I think the host was trying to ask him about his protocols and he started rattling off all of the government regulations that went into effect. And it's like, no, we don't care about that. We know those. We lived those. It's also ironic because those are the things that Janelle and Christine say they followed. Right. Yeah. Christine and Janelle followed those rules. We need to know about your rules. But I think, again, yeah, he didn't have that laminated list in his pocket. So the slips of paper, he wasn't able to distribute those at the tell-all here. I firmly believe that they did not follow those rules. No, I don't think so. Did you enjoy Janelle, who was legit laughing at the footage of Cody talking about how he can't just tell his wives to do something or they'll put him in his place? Yeah, Janelle knew who he was talking about in that time. (laughs) It was her. But Cody's, he's trying to prevent the death of a child here at any cost. Rest of the family be damned. Did you like how he brought up Truly's kidney damage again? About how that was such a life-altering experience for him? That he never wanted to go through that trauma again. They nearly lost Truly. It felt like, you know, having a child on the brink of death was very traumatic. So traumatic that he hasn't felt the need to bring it up again until he used it to justify his behavior towards the family this season. And Christine leaving him. That was another excuse. Right, because she hates him because of what happened to Truly. And how damaging is that? If Truly watches the show and then it's like, that's what Cody thinks... It was your kidney failure that you had no control over. You ruined your parents' marriage. That split them up. What does that do? That's not good. He's such a jackass. So it was just, from that standpoint, not good at all. And we got a nice little parallel here as well as far as taking those COVID guidelines and protocols to heart. We find Cody's real stance because, of course, you know, he's an abstinence fan. (laughs) So. Well, We find that out this episode. For 50% of his wives, he's pushing abstinence real hard. (laughs) But yeah, if you don't want to get pregnant, don't have sex. If you don't want to get exposed to COVID, don't go out there. Don't have a nanny come into your home on a regular basis. I didn't say that. (laughs) No, I didn't say that. I said, don't invite Mary over. That's what I said. (laughs) Then he has to talk about how all of his wives reacted. Robin, we know, is the angel that fell from Earth, so she gets the major kudos for listening to everything. Well, usually angels fall from heaven. (laughs) Well, she only had a fall from the uh, china cabinet in her house. Oh, that's true. Maybe she fell up from somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) So, a tip of the hat to Robin. (laughs) Suddenly, Janelle is described as being mostly compliant, which I felt like was a real rewrite of history. Looking back on it, she was mostly compliant. He treated her like she didn't follow any of the rules. And then we have the non-compliant one, who of course is Christine. And Mary is left off the list once again. Yeah, not too great. You would think that watching this, she would realize that it's time to pack your bags and go, Mary. That's not what God's telling her, though. 
That's not God's plan. But this is when Robin gets really torn. Torn up about all this shit. She starts crying. She hates crying. Let it be known. (laughs) The biggest lie to ever be told on television. Also, why did they have tissues ready for her? Would it have been more offensive to have tissues ready for her? Would it have been more cold-blooded to just have a huge industrial box of tissues? She should probably just carry her own tissues around on a regular basis. Yeah, don't make other people cater to that, please. That's why she's got to wear the long sleeves. She was going for a little wipe. I was gonna, Oh, I thought you were going to say she'd just tuck a hanky, a kerchief, <laughs> into the sleeve there. You know what? A kerchief would have gone very nicely with her outfit. There you go, a little pocket square. <laughs> <laughs> you can really jazz it up, spruce it up. She was really upset that nobody wanted to compromise during COVID, including herself. Especially herself. <laughs> yeah, there was no middle ground. Remember the time that you could have had Mary come over and spend time with you, or you could have had her spend time with your family outside when you had the, what was it, barbecue, camp out situation on Coyote Pass. Fire and pits. you said no. It was fire pits. They were making s'mores. Oh, yes. The uh, devotion s'more. Whatever you want to call it. Divine s'more. (laughs) Divorce s'more. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We switch up the topic to loneliness. I forgot that we haven't even mentioned the host because they didn't give her an introduction. Of course, no intro. Cody mentioned in passing, he's going to go to a hotel in Flagstaff to talk to a former news anchor. That was it. That was all we got. They never even gave her like her name coming up on the screen. Did they? They did lower thirds. For her? For her. Okay. Okay, Suki. But yeah, you got to... Look right into the camera. Give us a hi. Who who are you? And what are we doing here? We got none of that. We went right into it. Oh, yes. Back to what we were talking about. Loneliness. It's time to pivot the convo to Mary. <laughs> They're trying to give us a nice segue talking about how COVID made a lot of people lonely, having to be home all alone in situations where they didn't live with other people, a la Mary. And... Uh, Then we get the footage of Mary saying that she thought maybe they were happy to be separated. Yeah, and the only thing that was going to happen is if Mary gets sick with COVID, she'll just be home alone sick with COVID. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Because, again, one of the main benefits of polygamy is never feeling lonely. Whoopsie (laughs) doopsie. That was some bullshit that Cody said that. It was so funny. Like, that was the goal, I guess. 
But you can feel alone in a family of 20 if you're never seen or heard. Or contacted or texted back or visited. Just in general. So Mary has to clarify some of the things that she said because she was saying that everybody seemed happier apart. I like that Chanel did call out Mary. That Mary has made a choice to still be part of the family, despite the fact that she doesn't have a relationship with Cody. So if you've chosen the family as your identity, why don't you think that you could reach out to us in a time when you need your family? Well, maybe it was in the face of rejection. I feel like she did reach out to Robin and she was still met with, no, we can't get together. It's not safe. And so then it was like, well, she can't align with Janelle or Christine because they're on Cody's shit list and she doesn't need any more reason for Cody to be mad at her or to avoid her. That would also break her quarantine. Right. You're going to reset the clock. You always have to be ready for a Cody popover visit. Those are the rules. Remember in season 14 when she needed help putting her bedroom furniture together and she had to sleep on the floor for like a week because nobody would come over and put her bed together? That was (laughs) pre-COVID. So I guess when she says... She's going to just be home alone. That's true because nobody's going to answer the call of need if it comes from Mary. Well, that's true. But Janelle didn't stop by calling out Mary. She also called out Cody because then even on some of his comments from his talking head stuff that she was able to watch and react to, it was like she was getting a little upset by that too because she's like, that's kind of an extreme position to have on some of his statements. And it's like, yeah, it's only gotten worse because that was last season. Well, Cody's talking in absolutes, which is something that he really needs to talk to a therapist about. (laughs) He's got some distorted thinking going on here. We did get a good question directed to Christine, which was about her decision to leave Cody. And did watching Cody and Mary's relationship have an impact on her ultimate decision? That's a hell yes. It was, yeah, that was hard to watch. And it hurts to watch because... Christine has no intention of living a loveless marriage, as we know. And that is very much what Mary is experiencing right now. Not even a marriage anymore. No. Awkward friendship. Not a future that Christine was looking to sign up for. So that was a pretty easy decision to make. Doesn't want any part of that, no. So let's dig in deeper now, because now that we're talking about how sad Mary and Cody's relationship is, we're going to flash all the way back and give you the full history of their relationship. We're going all the way back to Mary and Cody's wedding? Good Lord. How desperate are we for material here? Wow. Yes. All the way back to the early, early years when they were in a monogamous relationship. Wow. Yeah, where it all started. Mary claims that they were very in love when they first met, which is the account that they give in Robin's number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives. But then Janelle came into the family. And as we know... That did not go well. Mary was very jealous. She treated Janelle very poorly. They got off to a very bad start, ruined any friendship that they had prior to Janelle joining the family. And I think that's when Cody started to realize that he hated her. Yeah, because basically the marriage sucked then and it's only gotten worse over time, I think is the main lesson that we've learned here as an audience. Because then, of course, even on the flashbacks, all roads lead to the catfish. We have to get there to the dark times, the dark ages. Did you catch that she said that it wasn't what they thought it was going to be? From the plural side of things? Yes. Which, again, the whole foundation, the cause behind this show 
was for their family to show us that plural marriage was not what people thought it was. And they presented as though they were this happy, high-functioning family for a really long time until that facade came down. But then we find out that this was not what they thought it was going to be going all the way back to the very beginning of them forming a plural family. This is where Mary was even like, well, look, her and Cody, they had relationship struggles, arguments, difficulties, like a monogamous relationship entails as well, too. But then, man, you can really see the difference when they ask Cody about the relationship history with Mary. Because from Cody's perception, there's nothing to talk about, really. We're just friends. We don't have a relationship, per se. 31 years of marriage. Not really much to say about it, though. No, And there's no chance we'll ever get back to what we were doing before the catfish situation. No, he is not looking to get back on that relationship roller coaster ever again. Is this where Cody starts spouting off about the double standard of polygamy where the wives can leave whenever they want, but I'm not allowed to. I can't leave. I enjoy that he got called out on that. And it's clarified. Well, you've emotionally abandoned them. So then Cody has to get real fired up here. Abandoned? You take that word back. Yeah, he is yelling at the host at this point. It was uncomfortable. And she took it back. I don't think I would have. No. I would have been like, let's go ahead and play some of those clips. Do we have any of those clips laying around (laughs) from season 16? Those are the clips that I want. I want you to have ammo for the questions that you're going to be bringing up as a host. I want you to roll the tape on the answer that was said or the things that were said in those confessional interviews where you are spouting off with all your crap. I also think if you have watched enough seasons of this show, their answers are pretty predictable for the most part. You know what they're going to say. It's easy to figure out how to push Cody's buttons. And I didn't enjoy that he was really trying to make himself look like he was the sympathetic character in pretty much any scenario where he was asked to take some accountability for his own actions. Right, because... He was the victim in the catfish scenario because Mary was leaving him. But she won't ever admit that now because Mary has to be the victim. And it's like everything that Cody hates about Mary's personality is just him. Yes, that is the truth. They're a mirror. Yes, these two people are more like each other than anyone else I think they've ever encountered in their lives. And he hates the things about Mary that she just reflects back to him, which is the ultimate irony. Because he's playing the victim while he's saying that Mary plays the victim. So, And it was like, well, Mary was a victim of catfishing. And to clarify, she was, there was wrongdoing there on that. I understand that element of it too, because in some ways of just saying, oh, they tricked me, because that was how Mary kind of steered out of that when it was first happening was I was talking to someone online and they tricked me. And it was like, yeah, they tricked you, but you were also in the process of deciding to like leave your husband, leave your entire family and run off with this better, richer, nicer, sexier dude. Well, that's what Cody claims. Mary says she never planned to do that. She never planned to do it. So then that's where it's like, <laughs> okay, come on now, Mary. There is footage of you saying those things, like talking about this. We've heard the voicemails. It's definitely a complex situation, right? Because Mary was victimized by this person. And I could see 
how you would feel violated. You had personal conversations with this person. You sent seductive pictures to them using household fruits. Everyone in the world now can see those pictures and listen to your voicemails online with an easy Google search. She was victimized by this person. Absolutely. Now, did she twist it in a way that allowed her to try to get rid of some of the accountability for the fact that she definitely was interested in an emotional and physical relationship with this person that she thought she was speaking to. But she was being abused by this person at the same time. Correct. So it just goes to show that the catfish was the defining moment of the fracture in Mary and Cody's relationship. But Mary doesn't think about that. Don't think about it. (laughs) Don't overanalyze this. I'm glad that they finally are talking about the catfish for real. Because when you go back, and I know you haven't gone that far into the the rewatch. I've yet. seen clips. Yeah. And I know a general timeline of how things occurred, but I haven't watched those episodes piece by piece yet. Right. And one of the things that people were taken aback by was how easy Cody was about it. He didn't seem upset at her for what she did. The whole idea of her having an affair, he really wasn't going hard on. So the fact that this is now come up, Because he needs another reason to justify not liking Mary. I was going to say, yeah, this is his out, (laughs) right? Yeah, at that point. Right. If you wanted an out to a relationship, here you go. She cheated, right? It was definitely an emotional betrayal. It becomes a power shift because now all of the chips are in front of Cody in that relationship. That's a good way to put it because that has been this relationship. There is a power struggle dynamic between the two of them. Yes. Over who's the victim, who's the one who's been wronged, and it's just ping-ponged back and forth for years, and now Cody has, like, the ultimate jackpot. And even in the verbiage that's used, because going back to, of course, they had to play clips from their 30th anniversary, the murder tarp date, (laughs) because, again, this is apparently a season 15 tell-all, who'd have thunk, but... Even in some of the the words that Cody was using on that date, when Mary was complaining about how they don't have physical contact anymore, not even holding hands, and Cody has to say, oh, well, does that, are you wounded by that? Are you hurt by that? You know, like throwing it out as like, is that why you're doing it, man? Are you trying to hurt her in those ways? Is it an intentional thing and you want to hear her say that, yeah, that hurts me? I was taking it, which I can see how you would see it that way. I I get that. I was taking it as Cody saying, but do you really miss it? Is it that big of a deal that you don't have that from me? Probably because he thinks you didn't need it from me at one point. You were ready to get it somewhere else. So what's the difference? Aren't you surviving every day without having physical contact with me? Which also bringing up the holding hands thing. That's the same thing Christine complained about. We don't even hold hands. It's the same phase out of physical intimacy. Yes. Yes. He has a process that he is following when he is separating himself from a wife. But remember, Cody's anti-divorce, so he can't dump any of these broads. He's just got to treat them so bad that they leave on their own. Right, except for the one time that he did actually divorce Mary. Well, yeah, that time he, he really stepped up to the plate. 
and took one for the team. You know, all so that he could do something, I guess, that he thought would get him some some points up on his planet, which was to marry Robin and adopt her kids legally. Some Robin points. That's all he got. (laughs) He hid behind the fact that his religion doesn't allow him to become divorced. But how does your religion look at it if you're treating someone as though you are divorced? That's what I'm saying is if you're just going to completely neglect a marriage that's worse than a divorce in some ways, because at least there's some finality. There's a distinct separation that happens. So then you can kind of cleave and then heal. Uh, But whereas this is just a constant torment cycle, basically, that happens. Yes, you are just tormenting someone until, I guess, death takes you from the earth. And then that's your way out. Or they get to be the bad person, which is what Cody loves more than anything. God's plan. Despite all this, Mary is still committed to Cody, and she has hope that they're going to have a full relationship again at some point. This is where she has to address her haters out there on social media who are constantly telling her, leave Cody, find yourself worth, stand up for yourself, and get out of this relationship with this crazy dude. Which, if you've ever visited any of her social media channels, you know, that's literally every comment. But it's not God's plan. Because God's been telling Mary, nope, you're in the right place. Stay in the family. She feels a sense of peace being here. What? Seems anything but peaceful to me. Although, maybe now that Cody leaves her alone more, it actually is more peaceful. Well, yeah, it's more serene now (laughs) than anything. Did you like how Cody referred to the relationship as being conjugal and how that's not going to happen anymore? (laughs) Yeah, he really felt like he was uh, in a prison of a marriage with her. Yeah. <laughs> no more conjugal visits. I guess it's good that they're not building one big house. He doesn't want to have any conjugal visits in the big house. <laughs> he followed that up after he said conjugal with, I'm not trying to be cruel. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I am being cruel, but I'm not trying to be. It just comes to me naturally. <laughs> That's just what's happening. And then he goes on to say, they just weren't a match. And if it weren't for their religion, this marriage would have ended a long time ago. Mary's consolation prize is, though, that she still gets to be part of the family. Congratulations. That is your prize. I'm surprised he didn't go down the path again of trying to convince us that Mary tricked him by some form of witchcraft to marry him because we went there the last season. Yeah, that pesky old Jezebel (laughs) turning tricks on his brain. You would think that after having had an experience where you had a short courtship with someone You married them. You very quickly realized that you were not compatible. This was a nightmare relationship that you were now stuck with through eternity that you would maybe slow it down for your next couple marriages. No, no, no. We got to get some reinforcements in here. We got to make Mary off kilter. We need to have her lose her sense of dominance in this relationship. I have to establish myself as the leader of the family and continue on in that way. It's funny because we've always talked about how Robin was um, like the fix-it baby. She was, yeah, Mary's, I don't want to call it entrapment baby, but yeah, she was (laughs) like the, she was the last ditch effort. Normally people would have a baby to fix a relationship, which never works. Neither did Robin. And neither did Robin. Well, yeah, in more than one way. Because it's going back that far and we knew the relationship was bad. But it gets worse because Mary gets real comfortable on this couch talking to the interviewer and admits that it's been a decade since she had any physical intimacy with Cody. 
She slipped up. She messed up. <laughs> so now that puts a timestamp on some of these decisions. Because then even Mary, after she said it, yeah, it's been about 10 years. What, a full decade? What is that? Yeah, probably give or take. I needed more follow-up questions on this. And it was like, uh, because then she was like, oh, whoa, no, I mean, we're getting real personal now and stuff. She was trying to kind of, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying here. Yeah, she caught herself. (laughs) It was like, it's too late. We heard it. Why did we not get a question about the fact that a decade aligns with about how long this show has been on television? So basically, from the time that this show started, they had not been having sex. Is that what they're telling us? All of the baby decision stuff and everything that goes along with that, all of those storylines, Cody wasn't interested in going the classic route here. He was only interested in IVF. And if that wasn't something that Mary was willing to do, then they weren't going to do that. I don't know. Remember when they went to the doctor and she told the doctor that they understand that you need to have sex to have a baby and they have no problems in that department? That was a straight up lie. Maybe the doctor knew because <laughs> the doctor was like, you do understand you need to have sex to have a baby, correct? Also, it makes Cody's reaction to the baby decision, which again, it's really Cody's baby decision because at the end, he makes the decision for Mary by telling her that he doesn't want to have a baby with her. That was cruel. Knowing where they were in their marriage. Why was it ever on the table? Why was it so hard for Mary to decide? <laughs> Why did she have to think about it for two seasons? You're not having sex. It's hard to have a baby. Well, I get the point of not knowing if you wanted to go through IVF because it's an emotional experience, but also you didn't have a partner who was emotionally invested in your marriage anymore. So then her hands are tied because, again, the only way you have value in this family as a woman is by providing children. So if she says that she doesn't want to have children, then she really has no value and then she's really going to get dumped to the wayside. Which is what happened. That's basically what happened, but... Again, why doesn't she just leave then? Why? That's the always the question that it comes back to. Then why don't you just leave, Mary? Because she doesn't want to. Yeah, she doesn't really have a great answer. Again, I'm sticking with my theory that she wants to ensure that her face is the last one that Cody sees before he closes his eyes and leaves this earth. I do like that from a poetic stance. I really do. I honestly think she's probably not fully aware of this, a little traumatized because the last time she tried to leave the family... It did not go well. Yeah, that's an extremely good point that was brought up by Princess on Twitter. Because your first exit attempt basically led to, like we said, complete global embarrassment. So why would you want to risk that again? You at least know that you're being somewhat treated in a humane way. She's like a animal on a preserve, right? <laughs> it's like a nature preserve. Well, so let's think about the fact of how... How things differed between her and Christine, right? Mary left or appeared to have had the intention of leaving with someone versus Christine leaving alone and just saying, that's enough of this. I'm going to go be my own person. Why can't Mary do that? I think that that's even scarier for Mary specifically. But that's what she is doing right now. Is Yeah, but from the comfort and safety of still having that old identity shell around her as well, too. I guess. I just think that she doesn't want to leave because she knows that if she does, no one will keep in touch with her. And she will have lost everything that was of a benefit of being in this family. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, absolutely. She will have lost a husband. She will have lost the sister wives. 
Maybe Robin will send her a Christmas card once in a while, and most of the kids won't bother to keep in touch with her. Well, she's really latching on to Ari and Saul. That's her last chance to have any kids in the family like her. We start to wrap things up for this episode with Cody using therapy words to his advantage. He tells us that there's a point where being intimate isn't possible because there's no real safety in the relationship. There's a point where intimacy is damaged. It's misleading. But it's not misleading to refuse to tell someone that your relationship is over and that you'd like a divorce. That's just something they're going to have to figure out on their own. They're going to build a house for Mary out on Coyote Pass. They'll do that for her. <laughs> yeah, with with Mary's LuLaRoe money. <laughs> You'll build her a house on Coyote Pass? So <laughs> She's thoughtful. building your houses. Come on. Let's get this straight. She bought the cistern. <laughs> but he's just never going to go visit it, probably. Right. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I hope that he ends up moving her back to Christine's lot because I really can't see him wanting Mary in his backyard. Too close for comfort. Yeah, I feel like Christine's lot's just going to become a utility lot. That's where they dumped the cistern. That's where all the raw sewage is going to get processed and (laughs) all sorts of things are going to happen with the land. And despite all this, Cody recognizes that a friendship probably wouldn't be enough for a lot of people. But, you know, everyone makes their choices. So this is the choice Mary is making. She's free to go at any time. And that is the conclusion of part one of the three-part Sister Wives Tell All. Riveting stuff. I really don't know how we just managed to talk about it for that long. We can make it happen. (laughs) We don't like to, but we can make it happen. I have to be honest. I don't have uh, notes on what happens in the next episode because it was mostly clips that they teased to us for the first episode. And I'm not fully confident they'll actually be in part two. I believe, yeah, I believe they're holding everything until part three. Part two is going to be a little bit of a snoozer too. But we'll see what we get. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm going to set the bar real low. I was going to say, let's be optimistic. Take the other route. Nope, I'm setting (laughs) the bar real low, so I can't be disappointed. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.